Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hemp Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Hello, hello. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening in and joining. With that being said, I'm going to hand it over to Jay. Jay's an active member of the association and a huge shout out. And thank you for everything that you do. But Jay, before we get started and dive in really to what you're doing in the industry, I'd love to share a little bit about who you are. What did you do before you got into the industry? And what was your aha moment when you said, all right, hemp's it. I'm going to dive in. So again, thanks for the opportunity to to yeah. here with Global Health Association and the members and and with you and and the opportunity to talk a little bit about Ornavera. Um, my background is uh, technology. I was with Motorola for a long time, twenty seven years, running many different businesses over that time, but always on the pretty much cellular side of the business. So the the stuff that makes the cell phone work, not the phones themselves, but the infrastructure behind it. I ran the development organization in England, lived there for a couple of years, lived in Singapore for, for nine years. That's where I met Dave. Mm-hmm. And then I moved. We actually, Dave worked for me in, in Asia uh, when we were there. And we both moved to Intel, to a, a subsidiary of Intel called Wind River, which does embedded software and real-time operating systems. And we were part of the Internet of Things group with them. I ran Global Professional Services and David ran Asia Pacific for me. So, again, we've known each other for 20, 20 plus years. And, and we were both doing some consulting work after, after leaving the corporate world. And we got hooked up with a company out of the Netherlands that was doing early ag tech. And if you're not familiar with the Netherlands and, and that country. They, they pretty much founded indoor grow and farming. And um, so a lot of the innovation that's that's come from indoor grow came from the Netherlands. But anyway, the company that we were working with was trying to break into the US and Asia Pac for that matter. Dave was living in Singapore and still does live in Singapore. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I always introduce myself as I'm Mandy from Wyoming. I have all my teeth and I can read. So speaking of Singapore and Wyoming. <laughs> well, I'm in Wyoming right now. Exactly. David's in your in your hometown, close to your hometown anyway. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But anyway, we, we were helping this company and they decided to to continue just focusing on on Europe. So, but we p- ended up picking up a couple of their people, the CEO and their CTO, who were actually living in Spain, to form Ornavera. And it it has been a you know tremendous ride, a tremendous learning experience. Dave will probably talk a little bit more about you know some of the things that we've we've discovered in this journey. But you know the aha moment for hemp is again. I think the industry's gone through some trial tribulations, but the, the same is true for most growers. They're looking at, you know, how do we optimize the plant? How do we how do we increase our yields? How do we reduce, you know, the, the amount of resources that we're using, whether that's water or fertilizers or even manual labor, right? How do we just become more efficient at what we're doing? And that's really what Ornavera is about, is helping the grower to get on a path to understand what's going on with their crops and to then as time goes on, once you've got a solid underlying data set to start applying tools like predictive analytics and machine learning AI tools. So, but you can't do that until you, you really understand what's going on with the crops. So I'll turn it over to Dave to, to introduce himself, but that's a little bit about me. Okay, you guys have piqued my interest. These are all buzzwords that come up all the time. And so we'll just drill into them. But Dave, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It's a really great opportunity to talk to you and your community. Really appreciate it. Again, David Knapp. I born in Wisconsin and lived there for about 20 years and then packed the duffel bag and moved to Japan in 1985. And I've lived in Asia ever since. Lived in Tokyo, Sydney, Melbourne, Singapore three times, Hanoi, and Hong Kong. And as Jay said, Jay and I have pretty similar backgrounds. 
companies, but I've probably worked for a few more companies than he has, primarily in the telco industry and IT related for a number of computer companies in Silicon Valley, Motorola, obviously, for about eight years, and then Wind River. Building on what Jay said, you know, when it comes to the aha moment, I, I just hark back to my days at Motorola when we were de- delivering infrastructure, places like China and, and Hanoi. And, you know, what would happen is our, our engineers would go out and visit a small community and they'd put up a base station and the, the local community would throw a party for these guys at the end of the night because they were, you know, they were essentially changing their lives by bringing technology into into their neighborhood. And I kind of feel the same way about Ornavera. The, the, the knowledge or the data that exists for at plant level is really in its its early stages. And we feel at Ornavera that we're, we're kind of giving people a, a brand new insight into what they're doing, even though farming is, is an ancient craft. I mean, we're bringing a, a level of technology to it that kind of has never, I shouldn't say it hasn't existed before, but we're making it affordable and, and realizable to every kind of grower. Obviously, we're going to be talking about hemp today, but Ornavera is crop agnostic platform, and we're, we're bringing that technology to a lot of different people. And it's really, it's kind of fun to, to see how growers react when they can start seeing underground and they can start seeing the heartbeat of the plant. So that's that 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 for me is the aha and the feel good moment, I guess. Okay, so I'm going to speak real quick to what you said. Right, we in our industry for a long time, and I still see this a little bit. We get stuck talking to ourselves when, in reality, like all of our farmers are also going to be farming corn and wheat and soybean alfalfa, whatever else it is. Right, we are not asking to monocrop or come in and replace, but to add it to the rotation. And so I, I think it's important that our audience should be people that are not just in the hemp industry, right? We want to help bridge this gap. And so I also want to talk, you you guys both came from the tech space and you're talking about merging or introducing a technology to a farming or, or traditional manufacturing factoring practices, right? How do you bridge that gap? Or can you talk to me a little bit about what that's looked like as a journey of your business and your company challenges and opportunities you know as you're as you're bringing technology into an industry that hasn't typically had a lot of technology technological advancements and also i live in a very tech savvy area salt lake is a silicon valley boom and so the conversation still when i go back to agriculture and i'm speaking to this group that's heavily invested in the tech space, there seems to be this disconnect in why we should, dis- why should we invest and what's that opportunity? I'm kind of curious from you about that, bridging that gap and what the journeys look like. If I can jump in real quick, I, I, I noticed uh, a comment here. Yeah. Uh, someone from Uganda capturing data via Excel. And, you know, what we realized when we founded Ornavera is that many growers, most growers, depending on what crop they're growing, aren't used to, you know, juggling Excel spreadsheets and they don't want to to make a graph and they don't need to take the time to do that because there's so much else going on. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to, yes, use technology to capture data, but also present it in such a way that's very simple and will give people really simple insights. So our, our platform is actually quite simple. I mean, it basically just shows you what's going on in terms of the water content of your soil or the mineral content of your soil or how, you know, your particular plant is growing or reacting to sunlight. And that's how we're trying to bridge the gap. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of technology out there that, you know, buy this gizmo and it's going to increase your yield. And we just felt that that's not realistic. What we really wanted to do is say, listen, let's let's pull in a bunch of data and show it to you in such a way that you can see what's happening and then build on that knowledge as opposed to here are all the answers once you've plugged it in. Okay, so go ahead, Jay. And then and, and, and part of that journey too is holding their hand, right? What we found, you know, through working with different clients around the world is that a lot of them have explored 
you know, getting into the technology for the reasons that Dave mentioned, hey, we're going to increase our yield and we're going to be able to, you know, completely optimize the grow environment. And what happens is they get technology, somebody trains them, but then something breaks or they're not really there to answer the question or help them interpret the, the information that's coming across. So part of our approach is really helping the customer to understand what's going on. And we'll our system can be very complex as far as the amount of data that you're getting. But it's it's about what's important to you at this point in time, and let's start there and build as time goes on. So you can really start understanding what's happening with your crops and then start applying you know, other functionalities we go on because you'll get different insights. But then be able to use that for the benefit of the grower. And again, do it in a very affordable and simple way, but we're there to support them because, again, we've heard the horror stories of people dropping off technology and thanks a lot and we're out the door, right? That's not the way we work. So our system is all about working with the grower over time because we want that customer for, for life effectively. That's what we're all about. Talk to me about how customers are benefiting or using it, right? Is it something that they input data? Is it a probe into the soil? What are some of those data points we're collecting and how? Can you explain that? I'll start, but not with hemp, okay? Yeah. (laughs) With two examples, okay? So we, we have some growers who want to start really small with one or two devices, just to see if it really helps. And one good example of that is a grower we have in, in Europe. We just had a couple of devices and within a few days of putting the soil probe into the ground and measuring volumetric water content, his habit of watering for seven and a half hours, starting at three or four o'clock in the morning throughout the, throughout the morning, he realized that the, his soil was so porous that he would water and in the morning the soil was fine and there was plenty of water in it and it, you know, up to 15, 20% volumetric water content. But by four or five o'clock in the afternoon, his soil was very dry. So he'd noticed this within just the first three days. So he said, well, okay, I'll water for four hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. So he, and he, he saw not only did it level off, the volumetric water content of the soil and keep it consistent, it also increased it on an average basis from about 7% to 12% so that his plants were getting a consistent supply of water and he was also saving water. So that was that was just an instant insight from plugging it in in one day <laughs> for a week. We have another grower in Vietnam who's who built a big pepper plantation. And they built it in a valley. And the, the soil is very, very diverse. It goes from very, very sandy up on the hillside to heavy, heavy clay in a, in a river that runs through the plantation. And what they wanted to do is because they're one of the first big pepper plantations ever to be built, they needed to learn a lot about black pepper and how it grows in different environments. So they they bought a, a large number of devices from us and, plant, and put them all over the plantation. And they put the soil probes at 15 centimeters and 30 centimeters so that they can measure the water flowing through the soil. Because the soil is so diverse, we had to set up filters so that they could say, well, in sandy soil, we want to keep the volumetric water content here. And in clay soil, it's okay to have it here. So they can monitor this diverse set of conditions and set their irrigation and fertigation plans according to the type of soil that the plants are in and how the plants are reacting. So people use it for different things, but as Jay said, you know, they start with a a plan of, I want to do this. I want to manage my volumetric water content, or I want to manage the climate so that I can avoid disease. You know, I, I don't want to overwater or I don't want to, in some cases, they don't want to get too much sunshine. So they put canopies up and they monitor the sun. So that's, those are two examples. I'm sure Jay can come up with a couple too. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious from you about the hemp side. You know, what else are you seeing and how are we measuring these things? And So the way that our system works is we have what's called a data collection device. And on that data collection device is 
an air temperature, a humidity sensor. It has what's called a lux sensor, which measures the intensity of the, of the sunlight. So PPFD, PAR, those are important things for sun or indoor grow if you're doing indoor grow. We also have the, the different soil probes that Dave mentioned, and the soil probes will measure temperature of the soil, the volumetric water content, so how the water's flowing through the soil, and then EC. And that's, you have what's called bulk EC, which is the, the minerals within the soil itself, and then bulk and pore EC, which is what's going into the plant itself, okay? And then we've developed economical thing called a dendrometer, which actually connects to the stem of the plant. And that's something that a lot of the people that we've talked to in the hemp industry and the cannabis industry are very interested in. Because as Dave mentioned earlier, the stem is effectively the heartbeat of the plant. So when you start looking at the growth fluctuations compared to all of the other things that you're looking at, you can start doing all kinds of estimations as far as for cannabis guys, bud weight, what the bud weight's going to be and why that's important is because that helps them to plan what they're going to sell in the dispensary. Okay. So they can start to estimate based upon how they see the, the plant growing and all the other factors, they can actually come up with an estimate of bud weight. That's going to help them obviously from a supply chain standpoint. So and we've had customers that have taken it to a, an extreme level based upon the data that's being supplied. And then they'll apply some of the metrics and, and things that they're doing to come up with seed count, bud weight, all different kinds of things. So that's- I was going to ask you about grain. Like, I assume then this could also be used for grain production to estimate grain production. Absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. And then you mentioned like the stock of the cannabis, right? And I assume for buds and flowers and the high THC, low THC or high cannabinoid. But what about for fiber production? You know, where do you see that really impacting, you know, fiber where it's, you know, 900 to 1.1, 900,000 to 1.1 million seeds per acre compared to, you know, pots or horticulture crops? Dave? Well, again, what we've got, we're working with a partner in um, Europe right now, which is a company that develops algorithms. And this company is very much focused on hemp and cannabis, uh, primarily hemp, to predict using some of the data from our devices to start predicting things like the volume of seeds per plant. Yeah. Okay, so these things, you know, they use some of our data, but they also have to use observations from the growers themselves. And that's where sure. I, I tie it into, you know, this isn't magic, right? We can collect, we can collect certain parts of data, but the growers got to be able to say, well, the plant is doing well, or the, you know, this is the seed production. We can't count the seeds with our technology. The grower has to put, give us that information. And then a company like our partner yeah. can start building the algorithms to, to bridge that gap and to start making predictions. Very cool. And I heard you mention probe earlier, right? You mentioned your box also. Are you guys going to be like calculating soil carbon and increased in carbon? There is not a sensor for that just yet. Um, at least not a, we, we try to use, because the, until now, collecting data about plants has been quite expensive because the, the soil probes are, you know, the handheld soil probes used to be expensive. We're using commodity type devices or developing our own commodity type devices to, to make these measurements. There are laboratory tests you can do to, to do the carbon analysis of soil, but there is not a probe yet that will measure carbon in soil. We'd like to eventually yeah. develop that or, or sure. ideally use something that somebody else has developed yeah. to do that. And what we're finding is people are developing these things. We're, we're now trialing a pH probe that uses electronic impulses to, to measure pH as opposed to a lab test. But for carbon, not yet. Now, there may be, over time, some way to develop some algorithms based on EC or volumetric water content or soil type that will allow us to do that. But we've got to collect the data first, <laughs> right? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's the whole point. 
Well, and I think that that's uh, the reason I bring carbon up is because it's such a buzzword around hemp, right? right? And so, and because of its structure and, you know, understanding Mm -hmm. where we can add that as a value add to why farmers should grow hemp. There was a comment made just right now that the price of harvesting equipment and processing will keep farmers from wanting to plant. One time clogging the harvester will turn a farmer away. I think that's, that's a good point, right? We have a lot of things to work out and figure out that are, the risk is still really big. Next question. We want to capture data for proactive risk management, soil pest disease, disease aging, forecasting production for more. And she also mentioned in Africa where she's working for coffee. I think that we saw these. Would you would use it in partnership with folks for coffee and research? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, we're agnostic to the crop. So we're looking for, in fact, the same customer that's growing black pepper in Vietnam also has coffee plantations around the world. So we're actually in discussions with them right now about, you know, deploying devices in in their coffee plant. To answer the question, the answer is absolutely yes. So, and and regarding the, the prediction of diseases and things like that, that's, Another area that we're partnering with our that company, the AI company in Europe, on developing based upon the data input, how do you come up with predictions around botrytis and plethora and other diseases that are prevalent, you know, within an indoor outdoor grow? It's a big one for the pepper plantation in Vietnam. The plethora is, and, and we've actually come up with what we call the Ornavera I, which gives them. Um, information as far as the conditions are prevalent for that disease to potentially hit. So you need to mitigate now. Okay. So we'll at least alert them that the the situation that they have and uh, the various inputs that we're seeing within the system are prevalent for that disease to take hold. So at least we can get ahead of it, but we're looking to really automate that more as time goes on based on the data sets that get created. So I, I, need, I need to be kind of clear here is that I'm seeing questions about do we have technology to predict weight and yield and things like that. Our platform right now, and you know, we're we're a fairly new company, and the premise that we started the company on was there's not a lot of plant level data, so you need to start collecting that data before you can do some of these yield predictions and things like that. Right now, our our platform is essentially a toolkit to collect that data and organize it properly so that you can build your pathway to AI and and artificial intelligence. And now we're starting to see some of that happen with customers who've been with us two or three years who now have a good supply of data and can start making those inferences. But we don't, on the platform right now, we have tools to help you analyze what's going on and, and to start visualizing the things that are important to you, like the Ornavera Eye, where you can pick the, the variables that are important to you and monitor them during a time series. But we don't have all the prediction stuff built in yet. Those are things that are going to come along over time. Sure, sure. Um, Wayne, hi, thanks very much for joining. What OS platform are you requiring? Mac, Windows? It's a, it's a cloud application. Um, so... We, we collect the data using our own equipment and customers pay us on a subscription basis and they can access and display their data with any browser. Okay. So it's, it's all done through the cloud. There's, it's, it, you know, whether you have Google Chrome or Windows Explorer, it doesn't matter. That's how you access the data. The, the other thing related to the subscription model, it's a product as a service. So what that means is that, and we've heard this feedback from many customers, so they, they don't want somebody just to drop off the equipment and then the equipment fails and then, you know, everything stops, right? So our system is all about, it's the data. That's the most important thing is helping you understand what's going on with the crops. The, the product itself, the devices themselves are, are means to get to that, but we take care of that for you which means that we deploy what you need within your grow environment. And that that's part of the subscription. But if something fails, if a device fails, we replace it. Okay. If a sensor fails, we replace it. So you don't have to worry about 
ensuring that you're going to get the data. It's the data is the most important part of that. So we want to make sure that continues to flow because you have to get that underlying data set to, again, to go on the path to predictive analytics and machine learning. And that's really where everything's moving. I mean, it's just exactly. it's, where, it's what we have to do in order to compete on a much larger scale to cut our costs, increase our profit margins. It's just makes more sense, less Absolutely. human error. There, Wayne had another question about backup. Is there any emergency backup cloud plan? Should cloud go down? Well, I mean, we're going to get into the bits and bytes here. We, we've developed, <laughs> we've got several different radio access networks we can use. We use for large customers with a large number of devices will typically use what's called LoRa communication to communicate with a gateway device. So this grower in Vietnam and some of the growers that we have here in, in North America have a, a large number of devices in their field. They're collecting a large amount of data. And yeah, in Vietnam, the cellular infrastructure isn't that great and the, the internet goes down. So our gateway device actually backs up data when the internet is down or if the power is out even. We've got the 48-hour battery backup on the gateway device. We'll collect the data and then once the internet comes back or the power comes back, the data is dumped in for the internet. As far as our database is concerned, it's a cloud-based database. We run it out of a, a European facility and we back up the data on a regular basis. So it's you know, Jay and I are both IT guys. We we, we factor all that into the equation. Well, well I know you're both, speaking English, but I don't understand a lot. Of it, so. <laughs> we're both IT guys. And we're both wireless and embedded software and real-time operating systems. So, yeah. It makes not, sense. It's not that things can't fail, because they certainly can, but we built a lot of redundancy within the system to ensure that the data is preserved. Awesome. Okay, so I want to go back to Natasha speaking about wanting to partner, right? How do people reach out? What type of partnership are you guys looking for as you're really moving this into new countries and new farming organizations and governments and opportunities? Well, I can give you some specific examples of some of the things that we're discussing at this point with some people. Yeah. Again, it's it's across crops. So hemp is one of them and it's all different kinds of crops, but we're actually in discussions with a company that supplies microgrids plus pumping stations that we would bundle in our solution with that because they would go into, you know, third world countries in many different, different type of environments with many different growers. But that gives them the opportunity to create the electricity, to drive the pumps. And then we want to make sure they're monitoring the water to make sure they're actually, you know, using the right amount of water. So systems like that. There's there's all different kinds of opportunities. We look for partnerships with control companies. We're focused on the plant. It's all about the plant, but there's a lot of people who want to turn on irrigation systems and you know run their HVAC because the humidity is too low or too high. We don't do that, but we send the data to be able to enable those systems. So partnerships with, with those companies and integration with them would be good. So yeah, we're open to, to any type of discussion. Yeah. To, to see if there's a fit. And the way to contact us is go to ornavera.com. That's our website. There's a, a partner page on there. You can fill that out or you can get a hold of Dave or me and we can give you our contact information. Dave, do you have anything you want to add? And then I want to dump, jump into the hemp industry specific and what we're seeing, you know, specifically with the use of technology. No, I'm, I think Jake covered it pretty well. We're, we're wide open to partnerships at this point. We are still small so that we can do it. We try to budget our time accordingly to, to the opportunities that make the most sense to us. Absolutely. Growth. Okay. So in the hemp industry specifically, what are we seeing? You know, what are you seeing with results with people using your technology? And what are some of the things that they're really looking at the data side? I tell people all the time, data is the biggest thing our industry is missing. <laughs> I, I think... The, the people that we've worked with are looking for a lot of the basics, right? Many of them are outdoor growers. So they're looking at, you know, am I using the right amount of water? Is the right fertilizers being used? Is the minerals that I'm, I'm putting into the plant, is it helping the plant grow effectively? That's where the dendrometer comes in because you can really start comparing 
plants that are growing well to ones that aren't, and then start looking at the variables that you're starting to see as far as what the differences are. And that could be soil, that could be fertilizers, that could be sunlight, it could be, you know, the watering cycles that you're using, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, it, it's all about just starting to get a basic understanding of the environment and, and the various conditions that create a healthy plant. And, you know, a lot of people, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. I, I know what that is. But that's all visibility, right? That's looking at it and having a feel for, for what, what's happening instead of actually looking at the, at the data and what, what's actually occurring at the plant. That's, I think, what people in general, when they get involved with this, are, are okay, yep, we, we, we understand how to grow it, but what, what are the optimum conditions that we can replicate to then scale that across our entire plantation? I think that's what the people, that, at least that we're having discussions with, are interested in. Okay, so this is for both of you because I'm curious. You, my, I am not the data mindset. <laughs> I am very, I've got an idea, and don't ask me how we're going to get there, right? Oh, I just, yeah. <laughs> and so oh, that's really good, though, Mandy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just very different, and I learned that I need this piece so much more. So, coming from your mindset and your experience, talk to me about maybe some of the things we, as a hemp industry or emerging industry in general should really be collecting that we may not be looking at, you know, and. Well, I, I, to be frank, I I think there's a lot of people that aren't looking at it from the way I just described it. They're just not. Right. And and again, I think it goes back to number one, you know, I think people in general are concerned if I grow hemp, do do I have a market to sell it in? You know, because a lot of people have have struggled with that, right? And and a lot of that is getting sorted out, which is great. So, but the reality is that if you want to truly optimize that grow environment and you do want to, over time, maximize the yields and the quality of the crop and the resources that you're using, and those resources are, again, the fertilizer, the water, as well as human resources, right? If you happen to send people, you know, to the hinterlands of your of your plantation or, or the acreage that you're growing on, that's wasting people's time. Or instead, you could just have a device sitting out there that's telling you what's happening, right? So it's the efficient use of, of your resources. And again, getting to the point that you truly do optimize the, the quality of the plants and the yield. So everybody should be interested in that, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, how do you become more efficient in what you're doing? And how do you use technology to your benefit instead of your detriment? And that's what we're here to help people to do. Again, holding their hand, making sure that that, that journey is a, is a good journey and they get the benefit of what they're putting in in return instead of the, unfortunately, you know, many people have had have very poor experiences with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where we built our business model around to ensure that that doesn't happen. I mean, the labor, cutting labor costs is exactly like that. And it's, I, I hear this on both aspects, right? Like we want to create jobs, but we need to create smart jobs. We need to create jobs that come from the end of our product production. You know, or these, these secondary and you know high value products that are made after the crop is harvested or moved, moved on. And so. Well, and to that point, right. Analyzing the data, Right. I mean, there's no reason that that information can't be shared among different growers as well. So you're right, creating smart jobs of people who are really taking that that information in and that input in and then extrapolating how many seeds do I get? You know, how do I start applying different tools to really make this even more efficient and to spread it across the industry? Well, I want to look too at reduction of loss, right? If we're picking up, you know, that, like you said, the water the water table, I can't remember the terms you use. See, this is where it's, I knew what you were saying, but where the gentleman adjusted his water schedule, his watering schedule to adjust the water, you know, table. But yes, it's, we look at hemp alone sitting in water would be a huge detriment, you know, in different fields or soils. And so being able to identify that in advance and kind of know what's there. Yeah, so I can see all types of, talk to me about cost. No, an input. Is this a hurdle that we're getting over or something that I get concerned about as we're interesting, new, introducing new technology to farmers? It's, it's already so expensive. Our input cost is already a lot. What is the cost to the farmer 
right? How, how are we, how do we get over this hurdle so that we can bridge that gap to technology to actually reduce the costs? So again, the way we charge is based upon how many devices sensors are, you know, outfitted within the device. Okay. So it depends on what the, what the grower wants to do. Our business model is around making the product affordable. Okay. And we can get into some specifics of what that is, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, even though Dave and I are technologists, we did not want to build these devices at first. We th- it was all about the data. So we wanted to source third-party devices, put our label right. on it and, and sell that. But it was more about the software and, and really understanding the data and everything. We couldn't find stuff at price points that made sense and were integrated together. So that's where, as Dave mentioned earlier, we went out, we got commodity products that we knew from the cellular industry, like the little lux sensor that we talked about, that's off the cell phone, but it works very well. The the soil probes that we sourced, we've been using them for three years and they've been awesome. The pH probes we're experimenting with right now, but we've had pretty good success with those as well. So again, we want to keep the price as low as we possibly can to make the entry into the system as affordable for the growers that can. So our product ranges from a stripped down version, maybe $350 up to maybe $1,000 per device. But that's an annual fee that you pay depending on how many you deploy. Okay. Because what comes with that is if that fails, we fix it. If you got all the software, everything behind that. Okay. And all the support and everything else. So that's the, the model that we use. Dave, you have anything? Well, I just wanted, Jay forgot to mention our, we did develop one sensor called the dendrometer that measures the plant stem width. And what, when we were looking around, our very first customer said they had to have that. You know, they wanted to know what the fluctuation was on a daily basis of their, their, their plants. Cause that, is essentially the heartbeat of the plant. We looked around and you, you couldn't get a dendrometer at the time for less than 500 bucks. So we came up with our own idea to develop a dendrometer using much simpler technology. And we're, we're our dendrometer is a fraction of, of that. Yeah. It And it's very accurate and reliable. But we we're, our focus was on finding the most economical way to collect as much data as we possibly could. And I I can assure you, if you compare what we have functionality wise to what else is on the market, there's, there is no comparison. I can assure you that. Right. Right. Okay. So this, again, I go back because I think the value in the data is what, you know, drives powerful business decisions. And I'm, I'm pretty taken back by the number of farms that are lost when you get into second, third, fourth, and then no, no, none left basically in the fourth, fifth and sixth generation, right? It's less, less than 1%. And so I think by allowing them a tool that allows them to collect this data in advance, right, to mitigate loss, we still go back to the value add and to where the future of agriculture or business is going is all around data collection. And so can you talk to me more about what technologies or what other technologies can be adopted that enhance or are synergistic with what you're doing now? The way our, the way our platform is designed is to, you know, obviously we're collecting our own data, but we can also yeah. bring in data from other elements through APIs, application programming interfaces. Yeah. So we do have a few of our customers who want to have weather data coming in from the weather station that they, they have at their plantation. We're talking to other potential partners about bringing in even some camera-related data, although our devices basically are a low data rate, um, but we can, we can easily build in uh, APIs to bring in data from other types of systems. Those, you know, there's a lot, there are other products on the market that are doing weather related data, satellite data, drone data, depending on the type of crop and the size of the plantation. There's, there's a lot of data out there. The key is to get it organized in, in, in one specific place and then displayed in such a way that makes sense to a customer. Right. 
Right. Anything else, Jay, specifically to hemp? Yeah, drones. I mean, you see a lot of companies yeah. that are doing drones and, and, you know, visually looking at what's happening. And you can actually do some flow of, of moisture within the soil. So that can be inputted in and added to the data set. Um, I mentioned the, the control type stuff. So, you know, through the API that Dave mentioned that we have within our system, as you start collecting data and you, you hit certain thresholds, to either turn water on or turn it off based upon the volumetric water content that you're seeing. Same with the temperature and humidity. You might want to, you know, kick on the HVAC or things like that. So those are also things that I think are important from an overall integration standpoint to be able to, to leverage. So yeah, I, again, there's, I think we're scratching the surface at this point. So there's, there is a lot of opportunity and we're having discussions with a lot of different partners on different things that not only enhance their product offering, but supplement what we're doing as well. The good news is you can get a single pane of glass, right? Depending on the, the type of systems that you're integrating in. And what I mean by that is one UI that's, that's, that basically people can look at with all the data on it, right? Instead of having to switch between different, different systems. So when we're talking about, you know, the open API, it's, it's bringing that into a single, a, a single dashboard that displays the data that you want. Well, we just had a question come in. I saw John. Thanks for listening in. He says, "I'm a tech. I'm a tech head. And how do I work in this industry?" <laughs> and Hector, I see he's given another shout out to Jay. Uh, you're well liked. So I think I think this is just another example of where we really need to merge and put agriculture at the forefront of innovation and technology. And how do we provide? tech or tech to the the agriculture and or hemp industry and then vice versa you know where does hemp play a role in tech and energy i mean there's so many places where they cross over and they're no longer you know different industries but really need services that are offered by both well you you hosted the the session with the folks from cornell and i know they're active participants in the association right we've had discussions with them as well about, you know, being part of the curriculum for their uh, undergrad and, and, and graduate students. We've talked local schools here and high schools in Colorado that are focused on the, the ag industry to, you know, part of their curriculum is incorporating technology into it. So it starts obviously working with, with members within the association here, obviously the growers and farmers and everyone else, but it also goes back to educating people who are getting into the industry, have interest in the industry to start understanding what tools are available to them. Or they don't know anything about it. Well, that's the big thing is like, what about here, all these people that don't know, just like John said, you're in the tech space and there's no correlation or you're so far removed from where your clothes come from or your, your tech is built or how it's made or the energy that's sourced for it and different sustainable options. And I think that, that's where we're really starting to see a bridge is, yeah. Well, Dave, here's the, the, <laughs> the interesting thing is hemp and cannabis in particular, they're relatively new industries, right? Yeah. And what, you know, I've, I've been on a number of these, these type of discussions and John basically says, I'm a tech head. How do I get to work with this industry? Well, you don't see that in any other in many other crops, okay? You'd, you'd never get a comment like that. There are a lot of tech people who are kind of redoing their careers and saying, hey, this is what I want to get into. They understand technology and they want to apply that to growing. Of And this is particularly true of what I'm seeing in the hemp and cannabis industry. So I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, there are more people who understand technology in the hemp, and ca hemp industry than in more, most other growing enterprises, <laughs> I agree. especially smaller ones. I agree. That's a real opportunity, I think, and it's something we should we should celebrate rather than see as a as a difficulty. Well, and I think too, there's this big transition or awareness to the sustainability aspect, you know, and the data collection that's needed to make this movement and transition. And you look at carbon tracking alone. Not too long ago, put out an article or a statement that said that the next 1,000 unicorns will all be in climate smart technology. And so right. I think that you, know, you look at that piece and where hemp plays a role in that conversation, 
now we start to really connect the dots. It's, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So it's pretty exciting. I I love it. I can eat, breathe, and sleep it. I give a shout out to both what you and David are doing. I love it. I think there's a ton of interest and need, especially on agriculture. Like you said, hemp is is another crop. It's not the only thing that we're focusing on, but the, the big picture. And hemp as a big picture will not be grown exclusively by itself. It will be grown under rotation with other crops, you know, hopefully more in a regenerative practice. So can you guys talk to me a little bit about the future of your company and future of where you guys are headed and the industry is headed? Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. You started off. So we think that we're scratching the surface right now, to be honest with you. If you look at the, the broader ag tech space that we play in, I think it's like 6.6 billion, which is the internet of things space, right? So it's huge, right? And agriculture in general from a, a adoption of technology is minuscule compared to other industries. I mean, again, the world that Dave and I came from for the internet of things for working for Intel and Wind River, you know, we were talking to manufacturers who were using edge computing to automate all different kinds of processes and, and a host of different things. And they were using the Internet of Things to, to do that, right? So ag has got a long way to go in the adoption of, of these various technologies. And we think it starts with the data collection and understanding what's happening at the crop level. That's the start. And that's where we built our company to focus on. There's many different things that we can get distracted with, you know, Again, building control systems or integrating drones and all that other stuff, which are important, but it shouldn't be our focus. We'll integrate them in, but our focus is going to remain on helping growers to understand what's going on at the crop. And that's a big playing field in the hemp industry. Again, as you know well, Mandy, it's gone through a lot of gyrations, but I think it's coming out of those and it's starting to find its feet right now and, 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 and get stable. And we want to be part of that because we think that we can help help the growers that are out there. We really do. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, to help them to minimize the investment that they have to put in and be smart about how they're growing it. So at the end of the day, it's it's helping them and their bottom line. I think the, I think the biggest challenge that we face is really figuring out how to adopt this business model to to expand rapidly and that's that's the challenge we're facing right now we're we're going through some capital raising things like that to expand our team but because of our our model which is you know keeping very close to the customer and managing helping them understand the data they're seeing the hurdle for us is going to be getting the people on board that can help realize that and then building the add-on tools software that then can be leveraged by more and more of our customers so in some sometimes I think maybe being crop agnostic is ambitious, very ambitious for us as we learn in certain industries. And we're, we're seeing that hemp and cannabis are and some of the citrus growers in South America and in Europe are probably a good focus area for us. So we're, we're going to our challenges are going to be focus and the resources required to to address you know, and to build on the knowledge that we're getting, because now as the mountains of data come in, the challenge is it's organized, but what do we do with it? And that, so that's our future, which is developing the team that can leverage the, the data that we have to build more and more tools to, to make it worthwhile for the customer. To make it digestible. Yep. Right? Like that's one thing that even I see and I get all the time. People will say, well, what about this? It's like, well, I got 400 interviews. Now, how do I cut that back and make it more digestible? How do I, how do we take all of this data that's now collected amongst the industry or different farms and, and the nice, but it's power. It's power. Yeah. The nice thing about our platform though, is that it, it gives you some immediate insights and we do have customers that plug it in and can, can suddenly, suddenly say, Oh, I, I see something that I need to fix immediately while they're amassing their data got a lot of good examples of that. Well, I think this goes back to that question, you know, how do our tech guys get involved and how do our data guys get involved in agriculture and or in this transition to a sustainable you know, future and sustainable crop? And it's exciting to know this is a perfect example of where 
tech, <laughs> I kind of use this as an example in Utah, it's where, you know, tech and hemp collide. Right. We, we need this piece for our industry to advance and for us to scale. And so, but yeah, Jay, David, how do people get in touch again? If for those that are, are logged on that weren't earlier. So you, you can reach out to me directly. It's Jay at Ornavera.com uh, or David at Ornavera.com, or you can go directly to our website, Ornavera.com. And there should be a link on there to, you know, put your information in and we will definitely be back in touch. And again, if you guys have any questions, Jay's very involved in the association, is on a number of different meetings. But I also want to kind of dive in um, offline. We're right at our hour, but dive into future data for Global Hemp Association seed trials, right? And how we may be able to incorporate some of the data collection there and if there is an overlap. Because obviously we're scaling. And I don't know if those that are watching have seen or been following our seed trials, but it's pretty exciting. I saw some awesome pictures that Melissa posted the other day from her her research plots. But we do have seed or trials in 10 states, 10 varieties in each state, and collecting some good data focused on fiber production. So I'm really excited. Getting ready to scale. So Dave, anything else before we close up? No, I think, again, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been really good discussion. Um, thank you, everybody, for the comments. It seems people are very interested in the possibility of collecting data, and we'd like to help. Well, I'll breathe that. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I need it. <laughs> I just need to rub shoulders. I actually, as we were talking, thinking, like, gosh, I need to go back to school for just data and analytics because I don't, my brain doesn't think like this. <laughs> Well, so anyway, thank you so much for everything you guys do. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Um, I've had them running down at the bottom. You'll see Elmco, AgriLead, Prairie Brand Ag, Formation Ag, Westtown Bank all put some great donation up to help sponsor our seed trials through Friends of Hemp. And then we also, this is really cool. We have a matching fund right now. We had a sponsor come in, an anonymous sponsor come in and agree to a match up to $5,000, dollar for dollar. So I encourage you guys to log on to our Friends of Hemp page and make a donation or buy a t-shirt. All of the proceeds go to support our future education, consumer demand campaign and research. And so we really support everything that you guys are doing. And Jay, again, thank you very much for all you're doing. Let's get on a call one-on-one and kind of plan out next couple of months and how we can continue to support you as well. Sounds good. Really appreciate it, Mandy. Thank you. Thanks again. Great meeting you. It's great to know you're you're in my home state. (laughs) I'm loving it. It's warm finally. (laughs) (laughs) My parents just got back from Lake Havasu for the weather. And so hopefully it's good for you the rest of the summer. So, Okay. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you.